Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is going to be Alma chapter 51. We're still in the war chapters. Here we go. And now it came to pass in the commencement of the 20 and 5th year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi, they having established peace between the people of Lehi and the people of Morianton concerning their lands and having commenced the 20 and 5th year in peace. Nevertheless, they did not look, they did not long maintain an entire peace in the land, for there began to be a contention among the people concerning the chief judge Pehoran. For behold, there were a part of the people who desired that a few particular points of the law should be altered. Um, you're going to find out it's quite a, quite a lot of changes in the law that they want changed. But behold, Pehoran would not alter nor suffer the law to be altered. Therefore, he did not hearken to those who had sent in their voices with their petitions concerning the altering of the law. Therefore, those who were desirous that the law should be altered were angry with him and desired that he should no longer be chief judge over the land. Therefore, there arose a warm dispute concerning the matter, but not unto bloodshed. And it came to pass that those who were desirous that Pehoran should be dethroned from the judgment seat were called king men, for they were desirous that the law should be altered in a manner to overthrow the free government. Like I said, it's more than just a little bit of the law, it's everything. Orson F. Whitney said, it is Lucifer who seeks to overthrow the free institutions, free churches, free government, and who saps wherever he can the foundation of the rights of man. That same fallen being, once called the morning star, presented himself before the Father at the beginning and offered himself as a candidate for the saviorship of this world. He declared, had the audacity to declare that his purpose was to save man in his sins. Not one soul shall be lost. He, propo he proposed to compel all to be saved and sought to destroy the free agency of man and to establish a king over the land. And those who were desirous that Pehoran should remain chief judge over the land took upon them the name of freemen, and thus was the division among them. For the freemen had sworn or covenanted to maintain their rights and the privileges of their religion by a free government. President Benson said, the only real peace, the, only, the one most of us think about when we use the term is a peace with freedom. A nation that is not willing, if necessary, to face the rigors of war to defend its peace its real peace and freedom is doomed to lose both its freedom and its peace. These are the hard facts of life. We may not like them, but until we live in a war in a far better world than exists today, we must face up to them squarely and courageously. Verse 7, And it came to pass that the matter of their contention was settled by the voice of the people. Even though these are political examples, they reflect a theological principle. Our father himself recognized the principle of consent, and Brigham Young, in discussing celestial government, maintained that the eternal laws by which he and others and all others exist in the eternities of the gods decree that the consent of the creature must be obtained before the Creator can rule perfectly. And that's the way it will be when the Savior returns, is that he, that he will also be sustained as King of Kings. He won't just take the rulership without... Um, without our, our consent. Continuing verse 7, And it came to pass that the voice of the people came in favor of the freemen, and Pehoran re retained the judgment seat, which caused much rejoicing among the people of, of Pehoran, and also many of the people of liberty, also who also put the kingmen to silence, that they durst not oppose, but were obliged to maintain the cause of freedom. 
Now those who were in favor of kings were those of high birth, and they sought to be kings, and they were supported by those who sought power and authority over the people. But behold, this was a critical time for such contentions to be among the people of Nephi. For behold, Amalickiah had again stirred up the hearts of the people of the Lamanites against the people of the Nephites. And he was gathering together soldiers from all parts of his land and arming them and preparing for war with all diligence. For he had sworn to drink the blood of Moroni. But behold, we shall see that his promise which he had made was rash. Nevertheless, he did prepare himself and his armies to come to battle against the Nephites. Now his armies were not so great as they had hitherto been, because of the many thousands who had been slain by the hand of the Nephites, but notwithstanding their great loss, Amalickiah had gathered together a wonderfully great army, insomuch that he feared not to come down to the land of Zarahemla. Yea, even Amalickiah did himself come down at the head of the, of the Lamanites, and it was in the twenty and fifth year of the reign of the judges, and it was at the same time that they had begun to settle the affairs of their contentions concerning the chief judge Pehoran. And it came to pass that when the men who were called kingmen had heard that the Lamanites were coming to, down to battle against them, they were glad in their hearts, and they refused to take up arms, for they were wroth. They were so wroth with the chief judge, and also with the people of liberty, that they would not take up arms to defend their country. And it came to pass that when Moroni saw this, and also saw that the Lamanites were coming into the borders of the land, he was exceedingly wroth because of the stubbornness of those people whom he had labored with so much diligence to preserve. Yea, he was exceedingly wroth, his soul was filled with anger against them. And it came to pass that he sent a petition with the voice of the people unto the governor of the land, desiring that he should read it, and give him, Moroni, power to compel those dissenters to defend their country or to be put to death. For it was his first care to put an end to such contentions and dissensions among the people. For behold, this had been hitherto a cause of all their destruction. And it came to pass that it was granted according to the voice of the people. And it came to pass that Moroni commanded that his army should go against those kingmen to pull down their pride and their nobility and level them with the earth, or they should take up arms and support the cause of freedom. Moroni and his sword led the fight against pride, nobility, and dissension, combated iniquity and evil, supported the cause of freedom, and delighted in the saving of his people from destruction. It is likely that Mormon included so much material on Moroni for, for more substantial reasons than a fascination with military history. Moroni was a man needed in his day to counter the, the pride, dissension, iniquity, and covenant-breaking which abounded. The term dissension, or its derivative, appears over 26 times in these chapters, more than in any other book, Moroni's views concerning dissension and disunity can be best understood within his covenantal perspective. He coupled a love of freedom and liberty with the knowledge that these could only be secured by faithfulness and obedience to covenants. Dissidents, in his view, were, con were covenant breakers. Their lack of trust in God or concern for the community of the saints put the whole people in jeopardy. Their alliances with Nephite enemies only compounded the problem. Both Moroni and Mormon saw dissension as a root cause of Nephite problems. That was by Thomas Valletta. Verse 18, And it came to pass that the armies did march forth against them, and they did pull down their pride and their nobility, insomuch that as they did they, as they did lift their weapons of war to fight against the men of Moroni, they were hewn down and leveled to the earth. And it came to pass that there were four thousand of those dissenters who were hewn down by the sword, and those of their leaders who were not slain in battle were taken and cast into prison, for there was no time for their trials at this period. And the remainder of those dissenters, rather than be smitten down to the earth by the sword, yielded to the standard of liberty and were compelled to hoist the title of liberty upon their towers and in their cities and to take up arms in defense of their country. And thus Moroni put an end to those kingmen. 
Hugh Nibley said, Moroni gave the rebels the opportunity to support the common cause without punishment or prejudice and used his special powers to deal summarily with those who held out, 4,000 of them, for there was no time for their trials at this period. And thus Moroni put an end to those kingmen, to the stubbornness and the pride of those people who professed the, the blood of nobility. There is no talk of humbling in the dust, but simply the restoration of equality in which Moroni emerges as the champion of popular government, beloved of all the people of Nephi. His methods had been admittedly severe, and all that justified them was an extreme national emergency. But the emergency was very real, for even at that time, Amalickiah, made wise in the ways of war, was leading his greatest army yet into the weakest parts of the land and sweeping all before him. Bypassing the strongest places, he flanked the Nephites along the coast in a lightning move that knocked out the weaker fortified places one after another and sent the occupants fleeing like sheep from one collapsing fortification to the next as he went on, taking possession of many cities. It was a well-executed operation that spread panic and converted many of Moroni's strong places into Lamanite bases. Back to verse 21, that there were not any known by the appellation of kingmen, and thus he put an end to the stubbornness and the pride of those people who professed the blood of nobility, but they brought down to they were but they were brought down to humble themselves like unto their brethren, and to fight valiantly for their freedom from bondage. William Barrett said, The right to a world where the individual is recognized, the right to protect our loved ones, our liberties and our religion is more important than the keeping of peace. <clears throat> verse twenty two. Behold, it came to pass that while Moroni was thus breaking down the wars and contentions among his own people and subjecting them to peace and civilization and making regulations to prepare for war against the Lamanites, behold, the Lamanites had come into the land of Moroni, which was in the borders by the seashore. And it came to pass that the Nephites were not sufficiently strong in the city of Moroni. Therefore, Amalickiah did drive them, slaying many. And it came to pass that Amalickiah took possession of the city, yea, possession of all their fortifications. And those who fled out of the city of Moroni came to the city of Nephihah, and also the people of the city of Lehi gathered themselves together and made preparations and were ready to receive the Lamanites to battle. And it came to pass that Amalickiah would not suffer the Lamanites to go against the city of Nephihah to battle, but kept them down by the seashore, leaving men in every city to maintain and defend it. And thus he went on, taking possession of many cities, the city of Nephihah, and the city of Lehi, and the city of Morianton, and the city of Omner, and the city of Gid, and the city of Mulek, and all the which were on the east borders by the seashore. And thus had the Lamanites obtained by the cunning of Amalickiah so many cities by their numberless hosts, all of which were strongly fortified after the manner of the fortifications of Moroni, all of which afforded strongholds for the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they marched to the borders of the land bountiful, driving the Nephites before them and slaying many. But it came to pass that they were met by Teancum, who had slain Morianton and had headed his people in his flight. And it came to pass that he headed Amalickiah also, as he was marching forth with his numerous army, that he might take possession of the land bountiful and also the land northward. But behold, he met with a disappointment by being repulsed by Teancum and his men, for they were great warriors, for every man of Teancum did exceed the Lamanites in their strength and in their skill of, of war, insomuch that they did gain advantage over the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did harass them, insomuch that they did slay them, even until it was dark. And it came to pass that Teancum and his men did pitch their tents in the borders of the land bountiful. And Amalickiah did pitch his tents in the borders of the beach, on the beach by the seashore. And after this manner were they driven. 
And it came to pass that when they when night had come, Teancum and his servants stole forth and went forth by night, and went into the camp of Malachiah, and behold, sleep had overpowered them, because of their much fatigue, which was caused by the labors and heat of the day. And it came to pass that Teancum stole privily into the tent of the king, and put a javelin to his heart, and he did cause the death of the king immediately, that he did not wake his servants. And he returned again privily to his own camp. And behold, his men were asleep, and he awoke them, and told them all the things that he had done. And he caused that his army should stand in readiness, lest the Lamanites had awakened and should come upon them. And thus ended the twenty and fifth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus ended the days of Amalickiah. Now I want you to keep in mind the date here that he's mentioning, because that's going to come in effect uh, for the next chapter. This is a spoiler alert here. Uh, verse 37, where he says that this is the end of the twenty-fifth year. And also the end of Mal of Malachiah. So I want you to keep that in mind as we as we go to the next chapter, uh, because there's a significant uh, tradition or cultural thing that we're going to note in the next chapter that's kind of significant. Uh, I bear testimony to the truth of these things that this is translated material. I don't think Joseph Smith would have uh, included such a long description of the wars here, uh, but this is uh, this is translated and and apparently, not apparently, but. This is for our day that we need to understand the, the methods of war um, because we're fighting a war, a battle spiritually. I bear testimony to that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.